Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Oh, you can't beat Jordan Silk. You just can't beat him. All right, it is a great pleasure to welcome to the Unplayable Podcast the new all-format captain for Tasmania, Jordan Silk. Jordan, welcome. Was it a surprise to get that tap on the shoulder? Yeah, I mean, a little bit. Um, I think we're pretty lucky, I guess, down down here in Tassie that we've got, you know, I think multiple options who could, you know, perform this role. Um, we obviously saw Bo Webster do it in, in Sheffield Shield Cricket last year um, and myself in the one-day format. Um, but, yeah, obviously, yeah, obviously wrapped to, to be the, the one chosen to lead um, all formats for Tassie. It's, um, you know, really exciting, really humbling, obviously, and, you know, looking forward to getting stuck in. Um it's um yeah hopefully part of a, a long and successful journey um, in my tenure. How was the uh, off season, Jordan? We saw you were married in April. Did you get away anywhere? Yeah, I got married in April. Um, had a probably an eight or nine day honeymoon up to Hamilton Island, um, where it rained most of the days. I think, um, but it was still lovely and warm, so couldn't complain there. Um, and then yeah, back to. Back to Tassie after that. Actually, my sister got married too, so I had that as well um, not long after ours. And then, yeah, back to Tassie and um, we were sort of getting stuck back into things sort of late June, um, early July. And, yeah, just been down here cruising. So it's been good. We also noticed on your Instagram that you've got a little bit of a side hustle going or something like that, Pino and Picasso. Can you tell us about that? That's why I was late to this, actually. Um, Yeah, um, so myself... Uh, Jackson Bird and Charlie Wakeham um, have opened a couple of franchises down here in Tassie with the yeah the Pinot and Picasso brand. Um, it originated in Penrith, so which is where I grew up, um, and I'm sort of fortunate to to know the guys that that started it. Um, and they've been bugging me for a few years um, about trying to get it down here because I know that you know it's it's just something that should work in Tassie. Um, we love our wine and we're very arty and all that. So um, we we thought it was a match made in heaven, but yeah, I just had to persuade a couple of the boys in the squad to to see if they were interested in it. And, you know, luckily for, for Jackson and Charlie, they sort of um, dipped their toes into a bit of the business world and with study and, and all that. So um, it seemed like a bit of a, a no-brainer for them to sort of commit with me. And, um, yeah, it's been good fun. We've had Hobart running for just over a year now and, and we opened Launceston up in, in May. So, it's um, yeah, it's been it's been really cool, really exciting, something different. Um yeah, I recommend it to, you know, anyone looking to, to do something. Um, it's just been a great outlet for all of us. Um, learning something new um, certainly sparks different conversations around training. You know, we're not often <laughs> talking about our forward defences and things like that. Um, you know, the conversations have shifted to what artwork should be run this week or, you know, in, in eight weeks' time. So it's, um, no, it's been good. It's been really healthy and I've enjoyed doing it with those two. So does that mean you're a creative person yourself or do you leave the painting to the uh, professionals? I leave, leave, certainly leave it to the professionals. Um, although I'm pretty impressed with what the other two have been able to dish up. We've had a, you know, a couple of soft openings for both studios and um, 
they've they've dished up some pretty nice stuff, Jackson and Charlie. Um, <laughs> Jackson in particular, I think he surprised me the most. He's um yeah, he's not bad. He only just missed the Shield final last year and missed the Marsh Cup final thanks to a few washouts. I think he got the unlucky yeah. uh, end of the <laughs> stick there. How do you reflect on on the season? Yeah, a season of almosts, I think. Um, I've probably made it a little bit of a habit of leaving our run a little bit late um, in probably the past few years and, and probably playing our best cricket towards the back end. So, um, yeah, it's going to require maybe a little bit more work from us you know, pre-BBL period, you know, if, we, if we're able to register a couple of wins, you know, prior to that, um, then it certainly puts us right in the mix for, for both finals. Um, if I look back, I reckon there was probably just a week where we were just a bit off. Um, it was up in Townsville against Queensland in, in both games. And, I mean, yeah, I look at I look at those two games that we played up there and they were probably the reason that we weren't able to, to qualify for either final. Um, so that's, yeah, oh, it's yeah a season of almost, but... Um, confident that um, you know, whilst uh, we can't really say that we've got momentum from the the back end of last season, it's a it's a fresh start. Um, I'd like to s- still think that we take a bit of confidence out of how we were able to finish the the year last year. Um, you know, we knocked off WA four times last year, which you know the group should take a, a hell of a lot of belief out of. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm excited, but we know it's a it's an important start to our season. Um, because we know that you know we've been able to run out the years pretty well. You'll probably be hoping for a few less games scheduled on the Eastern Seaboard this year as well, with uh, La Nina coming through again, and uh, I'm sort of rubbing you out last year. Yeah, New South Wales far out, four washouts. Um, I was actually talking to Daniel Hughes the other night. He reckons there's more rain coming to Melbourne on Friday, so I said, "Oh, no worries. You'll probably make a make another final with three or four washouts this year." Is that how it's going to work? Yeah, that's. I mean, there, yeah, there'll certainly be some challenges. Like we're in Queensland to start the year, and um, you know, there's always something around. Usually, maybe whether it's a storm or something like that. So uh, let's, yeah, let's hope that um, you know, it, those rain, those big dumps of rain, sort of come, you know, in between games, and we're able to get you know a full season of cricket in. Um, so that's out of our, yeah, nothing we can really control. We know it won't rain down here. Lovely down. <laughs> You had a wonderful year on a, on a personal note. Average 57 in the Shield and, and 69 in the Marsh Cup. You must take a lot of confidence out of that heading into this season. Yeah, I mean, by far, probably my most consistent season um, across both formats. I think I've probably had years where I've been pretty good in one and not the other. And, um, yeah, it's been nice to, um, you know, get some consistency across both formats. Um, I think I've probably been able to do that in the 50-over game. Um but yeah, I guess a slight change of scenery in the in the Red Bull game seemed to provide some good results last year, and um, you know, looking forward to, to doing that again um, this season. And um, I know that that's going to come with with more challenges as I do it. So it's you know, it's almost probably seen as a as a new player in that role. So teams will certainly come up with different strategies on on how they think they can get me out this year, and um, hoping that my my past experiences as as an opener and um, can hold me in good stead and. Um, you know, obviously with that maturity side as well, just probably being able to learn and adapt quicker to some changes um, are going to be really important for me this season. And we saw you slip down the order to great effect in the Sheffield Shield. I mean, having batted there so much in the white ball formats over the years, is that where you feel really comfortable and is that where you see your game long-term as well? Yeah, comfortable. I'm not sure about comfortable. I don't like waiting around too much. Um, 
yeah, but I've, it's something I've had to get used to. Um, oh, I just remember having, I remember having spoken about this before about um, Wadey really pushing that boat for me to move into the middle and just said it makes it makes sense with what you do in white ball to to be able to come out and do that in a in a red ball game and almost try and merge merge the two. And um, I guess if I'm to look at that like last season um, from a training perspective, it just made I mean, it made a lot more sense. I had so much more clarity about what I was doing because I was, you know, I was very fortunate as well with um, a lot of the game situations I was coming into were, um, you know, somewhat similar to what I'd been coming up in in white ball cricket where I had to sort of, um, you know, move the scoring along or, um, you know, try and navigate through like a couple of wickets in a row, which I sort of had to do in in white ball where you're doing like little mini rebuilds and things like that. So it it had definitely a bit of familiarity about it um, being in that role. And, yeah, it, it's, I mean, it's something that I'm hopefully going to keep doing for a while now and, you know, certainly um, still aspirational, but like to think that I'm not limiting myself to, you know, just being in this middle order that, um, you know, with eight or nine years under my belt of opening experience, um, albeit maybe not to the best of, um, you know, some other openers around, um, it's still there, and I think you know. I'd like to think that um, that gives me a point of difference that you know I've been able to you know play you know nearly ten years of first class cricket, sort of batting you know between one and six, and um, yeah. So that's yeah. I mean, anyone will say that they'll they'll bat anywhere to to play higher. So that's I'm in I'm in no different category there. Well, when you do look at that that Aussie team, you know those opening spots are probably the ones that. Are going to be available in the shortest, uh, you know, in the, over the next few years with, with David Warner and Usman Khawaja. There, how often are you chatting to you know, your former teammate George Bailey, and and where do you see yourself in in terms of, of those calculations? Oh, no, not often enough. Um, we, we chat about we chat about other things that like uh, fantasy footy and things like that. Um, no, we don't talk too much about that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, I think there's. I think there's some great options. I think in Australian cricket moving forward, um, you know, I really love the look of our two left-hand opening batters now in, in Caleb Jewell and Tim Ward, who both coming off pretty good seasons last year. Um, I'm actually really excited for those two. I think um, they may be the forgotten people in in all of this discussion around who our next openers are. So I'm uh, really bullish on those two and where their careers are heading. Um, so that's that's really exciting for me to to watch on, um, you know, I'm really hoping um, and I sort of, yeah, well, not hoping, I'm, I believe that these two are, you know, long-term openers um, for Tasmania and then, you know, even beyond that for Australia, I think that they're two that are going to be really putting their names forward. All right, so that's our headline, Silk talking to Bailey. Um, we'll just put that in there. Um, talk us through how you've developed your game from someone who came onto the scene, you know, you made your name in the Sheffield Shield as an opener who, you know, was very happy to block and there's that famous Shield final where you spent a long time at the crease. But now you're so dynamic. Your T20 game is fantastic. And as you said, you can easily move the game along in all three formats. So how much work goes into changing that and changing that perception? Um, yeah, quite a bit. Like I think, um, you know, the I guess the era that I've sort of played in, it's you've – I think I remember Mike Hussey saying, you've just got to keep evolving. Um, that was, I remember being able to pick up a bit of a lesson from him. I think he was maybe around the academy when I was there doing some stuff, maybe 2014, 2015, about trying to evolve and, um, yeah, not standing still too much. And I probably, 
you know, to be honest, I probably stood still for a little bit early in my career and just expected, you know, that early success would would almost continue. And, um, yeah, probably the greatest the greatest thing to come about that, you know, some of those early failures was that I had to I had to change something or I had to, um, yeah, go about things a little bit differently. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know how – it's hard for me to put my finger on it. I was just sort of – I came down and I was just an opener and then, you know, I went to the sixes and I was just a middle order. Like, I don't know how why that came about that way, but um, that's where, you know, the, the coaches at the time or the team at the time seemed to be able to fit me in best and um, – yeah, I mean, I've, maybe that's been a, a really positive thing is being in that middle order um, in white ball cricket has maybe brought out a bit of, you know, exuberance in my in my game that that maybe wasn't there. I think I was, like you said, I was pretty, I was pretty stale, I reckon, at the start of my career. But um, it's yeah, that that white ball um, side of things definitely um, definitely forced me to probably experiment a lot more than what I had done when I was when I was younger. Um, Definitely uh, played the game on the safe side. Um, try not to get out. Um, definitely played the game a lot like that when I was younger. And um, yeah, I think that's that's where that where the white ball you know formats have probably yeah forced me to experiment and broaden my horizons a bit and see and see what's possible. And that's that's been really exciting. And you know that's you know that's never ending until I finish. You know I'm going to keep trying to explore how I can get better. You know. It's not just going to be this is the the final version of, of Jordan Silk. You know, I'm looking to continue to to grow and, and develop and you know score in new areas and you know keep bowlers guessing because like you said, like um, like Hussey said to me once, you've got to keep evolving because teams catch on pretty quickly. And new coach at uh, the Tigers this year, Jeff Vaughan. Um, we've seen a few snaps on on the socials from the greenhouse uh, net setup you've got down there. Bell How have the decks been and have the bowlers been on top? <laughs> <laughs> bowlers been on top. Uh, it's been a pretty good battle, I reckon, this winter. Um, but yeah, we're you know, incredibly lucky that we've got access to that um, you know, from as early as June to, to be hitting outdoors on turf wickets. Um, yeah, it's fantastic. And yeah, obviously having, having Vaughny back, um, you know, it doesn't really feel like he's left almost in a way, like he sort of only just missed last season. He was there for most of our preseason, I think, last year. So it's um, it's yeah. There's a lot of familiarity about it. Um, obviously, he's brought along uh, Rob Castle with him as a as a bowling coach, which is a nice change, I think, for our for our quicks to um, see a fresh face around. And um, you know, he's been awesome in the stuff that you know I've heard him do with our with our bowlers so far. But yeah, obviously, you know, I've got a great relationship with Jeff. Um, it goes back a while now, so he's been sort of in and around our program for five or six years, and. Um, has built really strong relationships with a lot of these plays in the um, on our list at the moment. So um, yeah, I know he's he's super excited about um, you know the the now for for Tassie cricket and you know the the possibility of you know wanting to win things now. You know we we see ourselves as a life chance and um, yeah, I think that's really important that we we are talking about that and that we believe that um, that's um, that's right in the in the realms of possibility at the moment. You mentioned those two lefties at the top, Jewel and Ward, who had great seasons last year, but who's going to make a name for themselves this year, in your opinion? Outside of those two. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm loving the progression of Lawrence Neil smith um, I think he's a really exciting prospect for us. Um, 
you know, I think he showed last year he came in, took took wickets, um, and he was holding down our number three batting spot, I reckon, for the first half of the year too, <laughs> um, uh, as our night watchman and doing a doing a very good job there. Um, so he's got he's got potential all round, like absolutely all round ability. Um, just yeah, I think he really gets gets cricket. Um, got a great understanding, um, and I just yeah, I just love that you know. He's. I feel like he's improved each and every year that he's been down in Tassie. So um, hopefully that trend just keeps going upwards because um, I'm really excited about what he what he can do. Because you know it's you know probably pretty well spoken about obviously within our, within our walls that um, we're not going to have Jackson and, and Sids around for forever. Um, their time will come to an end, um, sadly. But that's where I'm excited for someone like a, a Lawrence to to step up and. You know, make it make it his own. You know, I want to lead this attack um, moving forward. So he's he's one you know one of our bowlers that I'm I'm probably most excited about to see how they how they develop this year and you know along with our with our two opening batters. Yeah. Well, you mentioned Jackson Bird and, and Peter Siddle and, and Lawrence Neil Smith, but you've also got Nathan Ellis, Riley Meredith, Gabe Bell, Billy Stanlake. You've picked up as well. How do you make sure you give them all a bowl as captain? <laughs> Yeah, I know. And then I've got to get the ball out of Jackson and Sid's hands as well. That's, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's going to be a fun challenge. Um, you know, it's, yeah, it's, I, I feel like we're at the moment, we've got plenty of options, plenty of, you know, our bowling stocks seem, seem pretty strong at the moment. Um, you know, I think you probably missed out Sam Rainbird there too, who's oh, fresh off a 13 for, um, in the last round last year. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we've got, um, we've got a lovely variety of bowlers. Um, you know, I'd look at our sort of potential sort of one-day team. If we, you know, to have everyone sort of available, it's it's a tough team to pick as well because you've got, you know, people like Billy Stanlake, you know, coming from a great height. And then I've, I love that we've got like a Nathan Ellis who's, you know, bouncing the ball at a different height. So there's different, like they're different challenges for, for batters to face. And then, you know, obviously you've got Riley's express pace. So it's, and, and then you've got Sids who's just going to, Sids and Jacko are just going to nip away. So it's yeah, it's it, we're we're blessed with some really really good options at the moment. Obviously, the hardest thing about that is to to fit them all into one team. Um, so it's yeah, it's super healthy the competition at the moment. Um, but you know, I think the important thing for our bowlers is is, is to um, yeah make make it as competitive as possible um, and have an understanding that, like I said before, that that Jackson and and Sids aren't going to be around for forever. So we are going to require one of these guys to come through and, you know, take the reins of this bowling attack and, and take us forward. So that's that's exciting that, you know, it's not just um, we've got to fit them all in now, that there's there's time for these guys to still still learn, still develop their craft. So, um, yeah, don't know how I'm going to share it around too much. Sorry to answer your question, but um, hopefully it just rolls on and they you know, each come on and take a wicket and, you know, we can just keep rolling through that way. But yeah, it's it's going to be a fun challenge seeing seeing our quicks over the next few years. And so, what is the expectation for the squad? I mean, you guys were so close in both competitions last year. Is would you say that making the final is sort of the pass mark, or do you reckon that you can challenge in both competitions and take both titles? Yeah, win, absolutely win. Um, no doubt about it. For us, that's um, I feel like it's. We've been building um, really nicely. I think the last few years, probably you know, even on, if you look at the ladders, I guess probably in the last few years, we probably just 
etched our way up a little bit more each year. So, um, yeah, no, yeah, no secrets sort of in our camp. We're we're here to win it. Um, we think we've got um, you know a nice range of of batting, bowling, all rounder depth at the moment. Um, so we're yeah we're in a position as a squad that we believe that we can we can win it and we can challenge the the likes of you know WA who are super strong at the moment. Um, I mean everyone's everyone's there's no easy game. There's no easy game. So we know it's not going to come easily, but that's, that's, um, that's what we believe as a squad that we, we're ready to win. So, and you know, we, we don't want to, you know, we, we know that I'll keep coming back to these two, but Jackson and, and Sid's, we know that with those two, um, they give us a, a great amount of, um, belief that we can because, you know, they've, they've done it for years and, um, you know, particularly for someone like Jackson, um, I know myself, I'm so hungry to, to do it for someone like that who's been, you know, such a great servant to Tasmanian cricket. So to get him a him a Sheffield Shield or a one day title um, for the state is would be huge. Yeah, it really would be. If I might just flick back to the Sixers for for a second, Jordan. You were had the unfortunate or maybe fortunate of being the first tactical retirement in the BBL last season. How do you re- reflect on that? <laughs> <and> unfortunate. <laughs> oh, it depends who um, you ask. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, you won the game though, so we won the game. Good move. Paid I don't think Tazzy were too happy with me adding probably a few extra weeks <laughs> to my injury, but um, it all seemed sort of worth it at the time. And what what did you make of the the BBL draft? Um, and had you heard of Israel Huck Navid? No, no. Simply, I hadn't. I actually asked um, one of our young young rookies, um, Nivathan, um, who had played against him in the Under Nineteen World Cup, and said he's a genius. So. Niv, it's on you. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it's exciting. Like, I think the Sixers haven't probably ever really gone down that path of, I mean, we had Shadow for a couple of games last year. Um, but, yeah, to have a guy of complete mystery um, to a lot of teams is is exciting. I know, I'm, I mean, we've, we've probably had our own challenges as a, as a club against, you know, someone like Rashid Khan who seems to clean us up quite a bit. So um, it's exciting to have someone, you know, coming to the to the club who's, Completely different. Uh, we have not really experienced that, and it'll only help, you know, by facing him, you know, throughout the season. It'll only help us for those challenges that we come up against with with other mystery spinners or you know, leg spinners um, in the competition. So I'm ex- I'm excited by it. I think it's really really bold, and I loved it. What did you think of the draft itself, and did you tune in for the live event um, that was on a few weeks ago? Yeah, I tuned in. It was it was good. Um, I mean, I was really hopeful that we'd get you know back a few familiar faces um so i'm wrapped that that Vinny and, and cj are back at the club and um i think that's you know one thing that we've tried to do at the sixes for you know a number of years is to to keep getting back people that we love and good people and you know it's it's going to be nice going up there in december and and seeing some familiar faces but yeah on the whole i thought it was i thought it was a good night um you know something to you know, something having something relevant to to bbl you know at that time of year was was kind of cool so um, whilst we're usually all sort of stuck into the, the footy codes, it was nice that, you know, we could see something different. So, yeah, I was a fan. I was, I was a fan and, you know, excited by um, some of the talent and surprised at, you know, some of the picks at certain times. Um, but yeah, it made for a good event. Brilliant. Well, Jordan, we can't thank you enough for your time. Thank you so much for joining us on the Unplayable podcast and good luck for the Sixers, the Tigers and the Paint and Picasso this summer. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thanks for the plug. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Thanks a lot to Jordan Silk for his time for chatting about Tasmania State Preview. Jack, how are your paint skills, by the way? Uh, not too great, Josh. I think I can draw a few stick figures, uh, perhaps you know, a little bit of uh, body, but uh, yeah, not, not great. So I might have to take one of the classes, I think. Next time you're down there, mate, you'll have to, definitely. <laughs> so let's talk about Tassie's um, squad, how they're shaping up. Not too many ins and outs this year, um, but there is one very big uh, and I mean physically big in that they've brought in from Queensland. Yeah, Billy Stanlake. I think they'll be. Well, Billy went down there for a bit of a change of uh, change of venue, change of scenery, and hopefully sort of rejuvenate his his career. He's had a lot of injuries over the past few years, so Tassie will be hoping, and he'll be hoping he can get back on the park. And it all sounds promising. Sounds like he's enjoying himself down there. So, and he's aligned the um, the big bash deal with the Hurricanes as well. He's left the Stars, so he's all in on on Tasmania and, and fingers crossed he can get back out on the park soon. As you mentioned to Jordan, um, the Tigers have a lot of fast bowling depth. Um, what do you see as their sort of first choice um, quicks in the in the longer format and their first choice quicks in the shorter format? How do you reckon that's oh, going to play out? I was just uh, just thinking this through uh, before, we, before we went on air and I think their first choice will probably be uh, Pete Siddle can't go past him. Jackson Bird, uh, Riley Meredith, and I'm not sure if they can squeeze another one, another one in or not. Potentially, Bo Webster could bat at seven or eight and bowl his mediums. I think he bowls off handy off spin as well, so that's uh, maybe the, what they could go with. And then play Tom Andrews as a spinner as well. But they could also, yeah, as we're discussing with Jordan, they've got Gabe Bell, they've got um, Sam Rainbird, who has their best figures ever in a Sheffield Shield match. Uh, Nathan Ellis as well, so. Potentially, if he wants to focus more on on his white ball cricket, um, he could you know, miss a few shield games. But, um, yeah, it's tough to squeeze them all in. But I think, yeah, Siddle and Bird are locks if they're fit and firing. And then I'd love to see Meredith get a good run at red ball cricket as well just to see his pace. That would be exciting. Definitely. And their batting looks pretty strong too without having too many big names. Um, as we touched on uh, at the top of the order, Caleb Jewell and uh, Tim Ward will definitely open up their batting. But then you go in the middle order, Ben McDermott, Jordan Silk, um, Charlie Wakeham had a decent year. And, of course, 
Bo Webster as well. So um, it's we're going to need to see a couple of these guys really step up, aren't we, if Tassie are going to take the next step this year. Yeah, absolutely. And I think stability will be the key for them. They've, they'll have a constant side throughout this season because they've got no Cricket Australia contracted players. The only one they'll have missing is Matthew Wade for the World Cup and potentially Nathan Ellis if he gets an injury replacement. He was impressive the other night in that first T20 against India. Uh, but yeah, they'll, they'll have a lot of stability there. Um, they had a few injuries last year, unfortunately, but uh, hopefully they can you know, keep that core group together. Um, you know, Ward, Jewel, or Locks at the top, whether they go with Charlie Wakeham at three and, and Matty Wade at four when he's back, um, Jordan Silk in the middle order and, and Bo Webster. And then you've got you know Jake Doran as well, who could slot in there and, and take the gloves. Um, the other one is... Uh, I was just looking at uh, Mac Wright as well, potentially for their one-day side. So a few options there. Um, but, yeah, they'll be hoping you know they can keep that, that core group together for the whole season. They've also got a few options in the spin department as well. Tom Andrews is, of course, their left-arm spinner. But they've also got Jared Freeman on their rookie list, who bowls a bit of off-spin, and Nivesh Radhakrishnan as well, who we know can do a bit of everything. And John Silk certainly uh, is a big rap on him as well. Yeah, that's right. And Jared Freeman is probably their number one spinner last at early in the season last year until he, until he got injured. Um, you know, we'd love to see Niv out there bowling, but his first you know skill is batting. So last year when he made his debut, he got into the into the side as a batter, and he'll be hoping to, to make a ton of runs in, in grade cricket and Premier cricket and, and you know second eleven as well, and force his way into that into that batting lineup. Uh, but yeah, a few few options there. I'd imagine Tom Andrews will start, but you know, whether he gets a game at Valrive early in the season will be another another thing to see as well. <laughs> so if you had to make a call on where Tassie going to finish in both their competitions this year, are we going to see a final for the Tigers this year? Uh, I, potentially, they were right up there last year. They finished third in both competitions. They're a bit stiff in the Marsh Cup as well to finish third. Uh, New South Wales slipped above them with three or four washouts. Uh, so they'll be they'll be thereabouts. Uh, that stability, as we touched on earlier, will help them. You know, play a consistent game style all year. They'll be they'll be pushing, but I think you know maybe mid table again for them. Um, and if they can sneak into one of the finals, that'd be a huge plus for them. I bet they'll be hoping for plenty of green spicy wickets this year because <laughs> that's going to suit their squad perfectly. Jack, thanks again for joining me for this state preview, and we'll chat to you next time. No worries, thanks, Josh. you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.